everyone, it's uh, Stefan Compa from Lux Talks podcast and we are live today with episode 7 and I'm joined by Elias Baer from Skillon and from Elias um, uh, Consulting. So um, Elias, thanks for being my guest today. Um, Thank you. And, uh, and so maybe we can start um, to talk a, bit, a little bit about yourself and uh, what you are doing. Maybe if you want me to present myself, um, so I was born in Beirut, in Lebanon, a long, long time ago. <laughs> so I, I grew up during the time where there were 17 years of war in, in Lebanon, and uh, I landed with my parents in Brussels in 1991, before arriving later on to Luxembourg. So my dad was already working here for I mean, in Brussels in several years. Uh, I started my career as an entrepreneur, and so I'm ending it also let's say, as an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I started did, so for several years. Yeah, why, why did you start? As, sorry to interrupt, but uh, uh, why did you start? So you, you did you did uh, yeah, university, and then you started uh, your own um, uh, business uh, right after university. Yeah, so I finished in computer science, and then I felt that. I didn't want to be bound with one thing and I really wanted to touch base on several stuff. And so I had many interests outside of computer science and I wanted to do development, but I also want to do something else. And, uh, and that something else was related to the music industry. And so I wanted to be able to, to do both without having a contract that says you can't do this, but you have to do that, that's it. And so that was basically uh, why. But I, but I work, of course, as a software engineer my, my own expense and um, I had a master's degree later on in the late 1990s uh, after that I was hired by a biopharma company in Brussels that was in 2008 mm -hmm. um, uh, so, and, and then uh, got an MBA I was asked also to to go either to Dublin or to Luxembourg and I said, okay, so where would I like to start an office? I chose Luxembourg because Luxembourg was a couple of hours from Brussels. And so <laughs> it was easier, let's say. And this is basically uh, how I landed in Luxembourg, worked several years, and after those several years, I said, mm, maybe now it's time that I go back to entrepreneurship. I had experience. I had an interest. I was participating a lot of in networking in Luxembourg silently, let's say, uh, because at that time uh, I, I wasn't that known in the uh, in the ecosystem. And uh, well, uh, I started I started my own company to support uh, in digital transformation uh, strategies. So I sensed that there was everyone wanted to go towards digital transformation that Luxembourg was also heading towards that in many ways that you can see uh, whether it's through innovation or uh, or projects led by big companies in Luxembourg not only banks and so I thought okay that will be the time where I want I was already doing it at my previous employer so last employer and I wanted to evolve in that, but I wanted to evolve more towards other things like um, blockchain, artificial intelligence, and things like that. And this is what led me to, uh, 
start my own business, which was which is called uh, <laughs> a very very nice name. So <laughs> I went with the easiest thing, and um, and then at the same time I also invested in a couple of companies, one in Brussels, one in uh, one in Paris. And just just to um, um, ask you one question about uh, so you you decide to set up a, a company uh, in Luxembourg. Uh, why in Luxembourg? Because um, uh, well, uh, at the time when you set up your company, Luxembourg maybe was not so well known in terms of uh, uh, the right ecosystem uh, to support you know the business you wanted to go in, uh, and maybe you had other uh, capitals in Europe or uh, you know maybe in the U.S. that were better suited to uh, um, you know to um, sustain uh, your, your your new business. Well, in fact, you know, when I started as an entrepreneur, uh, I had, I also wanted to be able to do several things, right? And I always wanted to manage a certain business right from behind my laptop without having to, I can be maybe one day <laughs> in Malaga or uh, in Africa or uh, any, any Fiji island or whatever island. So, uh, and be able to run my business. And so that's one thing. Uh, so you can run it from anywhere, right? But the other thing is why Luxembourg itself is because, as I said, before I left my employer, I was already networking silently, very interested in discovering something uh, outside biopharma, which mm -hmm. so I, I come from the, if you want, the health tech. And uh, in Luxembourg, you have the possibility to discover fintech and as I said I was interested in blockchain stuff like that which was applied a lot I was not talking only about cryptocurrency so that's not the point but I was really interested and um, let's say that I worked during the past years at my employer somewhere in the middle between business and IT and while networking I realized that I really can 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 do something here in Luxembourg it's a small country indeed but the country had lots of has lots of opportunities. You know now that we are for, for a sort small company like Luxembourg, having ambitions towards space yeah. is just you know somebody who doesn't know Luxembourg to say seriously. So uh, and 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 uh, and we're we're going there and it's it's booming these days. And so uh, there is an energy here which I love, which I can find also in Paris, of course, and in Brussels. But I felt like in Luxembourg, everyone knows everybody. In a certain way, and I like this. I like it's this. Very international as well. It's yeah, very it's very international. international. Very international, and, and and you know how many times we met together during events. Uh, so so it's it's really nice to be able to to uh, to feel that like like a big family. So Luxembourg remains my uh, let's say my favorite place. And um, coming back to, um, uh, so you spent uh, several years in um, uh, the pharma industry. Um, did you only worked in, um, in, in Luxembourg during that time or did you were posted uh, somewhere else or did you travel as well? Um, yeah. So my team was decentralized. So I was managing about 200 persons and they were a lot in China and in India, all around Europe. But I think while you mentioned this, one of my best experiences was in India. So five years going back and forth to India was, uh, was really nice. I discovered a new culture, a new way of doing business, 
a new way of dealing with, uh, with people, even in, in, in my own domain with a new way of dealing with IT projects. Uh, although it was difficult at the beginning, but it was maybe one of the most fulfilling challenges uh, personally. So I traveled a lot. So that's yeah, so, so uh, at one point you have to land back at home. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm coming back to um, the, the 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 fact that you are you seem to be uh, uh, an entrepreneur uh, since uh, the beginning of uh, your working career. Um, I. Um, I want to talk about your, your new project, which is, um, uh, I think, a mix of IT uh, and, and recruitment. Um, so maybe can you talk a little bit about this new project, which is uh, the, the new company is called Scallon, uh, and, and just yeah, tell us how it started and uh, what do you do, and um, yeah, a bit of, of yeah, uh, an overview of, of this, this new uh, uh, company. Uh, um, basically, when, when I was managing 200 persons, it was very difficult. Uh, it was very difficult to find the right people when I really needed them. Uh, very tough. Everybody wanted the same person. Uh, uh, and the next door, nobody wanted to go fetch them outside. It was difficult. If you want to test them, it's not easy. You're going to have to pay money to bring them in, uh, to take a test or to interview them. Um, so all these things were really not possible and difficult and when I tried when I started my own company and working with my clients I discovered they had absolutely the same issues like me and uh, so the idea came back into my mind which was what I was hoping in the, in the, in the past is what if I, I had those a list of candidates where everyone had already taken tests and instead of wasting the time uh, to find the right candidate I, I would already know if the candidate technically uh, is fit for the position that I'm looking for. You know, if you take into consideration recruiters, right? Recruiters, they need to hire for IT, they need to hire for marketing, they need to hire for finance, and so on, and for sales. So they don't necessarily speak these languages. They don't speak sales, they don't speak IT, and they don't speak these other things. But then they try to manage the maximum as they can, for example, by matching let's say keywords on a job description versus keywords on, on uh, CVs. But then you might end up through the whole sourcing process by finding some candidates which can talk very well and say that they're really good and their CV is bright and shiny. But when you are very, very uh, in advance in your recruitment process and you really want to test them technically after having filtered several candidates, that's when you find out that Okay, they, they, they can sell themselves very good, but when you put them into action, they cannot really do it. And um, so today, you're going to tell me, uh, what Elias, there are already some technologies. So there are some tools that allow you to do uh, video uh, interviews. There are some tools that allow you also to do uh, an assessment online, of course. But uh, there, is another, there was another problem. And the problem is, if you're a millennial now, and you want to apply, let's say you're a full-stack full stack Java developer. You want to apply to five companies. And it's coming in the next three to five years maximum. Everyone will ask you to do assessments online. And so you're not going to be happy. 
to go take for five applications, job applications, five times more or less the same test around Java. Yeah. And so if you take it one time, you will make your life easy. You will make everybody else's life easy. So if I'm a recruiter and I don't know anything, let's say, or I don't know much about, about IT, I can come and I can find these people take, uh, taking tests in the skills that they think they are good at. And the point of creating Skillon is not to say you are not a good candidate or you are not good in that skill. Point is, if you go to LinkedIn today, you can pretend you are good in 50 skills. Uh, LinkedIn allows you 50 skills. I mean, seriously, no matter how, how old you are, I mean, uh, I don't have 50 skills, but sometimes you are forced to put it on LinkedIn yeah. because people cannot find you maybe if they use keywords. Okay, but our intent is to say, if you have a skill A, B, C, and you think you're good in the three, take three tests, one in A, one in B, one in C. If you succeed A and if you succeed B, show them, show off even your results. You can even share it on LinkedIn if you want. And if you fail C, hide it on Skillon, of course, hide it. So don't, don't show the bad results. So we don't want you to show the bad results. We want you to shine with those skills where you really shine in a certain way yeah and, okay and, and so recruiters can shorten by at least 50 percent the time of sourcing and recruiting yeah which, which and you is, can hire from anywhere in the world yeah which is really important because uh uh if you don't um, um uh, show your best skills then the problem is that um uh, it takes time for the recruiter and and as an as a, a person you know uh and uh applying to a new job, you are also losing your time. Um, so if I understand well, may, uh, are you acting like a kind of um, um, cloud-based da uh, database um, of, with, with the skills of the people? And then, you know, uh, as long as they are uh, uh, looking for a job, uh, people can, um, recruiters can just connect and see what's going on. Uh, so, um, I do a test today, um, I've set up all my skills, um, I, I am on the cloud on your system, and then recruiters can just uh, log in into your system and check, you know, uh, if that person can, can suit. Um, does it stay here uh, while the person is working in the new job, or is it erased, or how does it work? Well, it is up to uh, the candidate. So the candidate, there's one button where he can say uh, hide, for example. If he wants to delete, there is also another button that says delete. But I don't think that any candidate would like to, to, to delete, but rather probably hide if they don't want to be disturbed by recruiters, uh, if they just started the new job and they want to see if they're happy first, stuff yeah. like that. So yes, let's say it's very important to understand we are not a recruiting agency. So we are not going to say, hey, we're going to match this candidate with this thing. We're not a recruiting agency at all. We don't function as a recruiting agency and, and, and we are not a job board either. So it's a list of candidates with uh, skilled candidates, let's say, a kind of a LinkedIn, but with proven skills mm. where uh, anyone can come and, uh, and try to, to check uh, And so which means that um, um, I've seen a bit uh, uh, last day, uh, the other day when you, you, you did a presentation, if I understand well, if uh, today I have, I don't know, let's say five skills where I'm really good at, uh, but I failed on two, 
uh, maybe in three years time, I've, I had training, I you know, grew into the, the company, I acquired new skills, then I can pay, take the test again uh, to just you know, validate that on your, on your system. Is it correct? Of course. So in, in fact, when you take a skill and you fail, it's hidden automatically for you because we don't want you to, to have uh, issues in showing it. But you can only take the skill test again 90 days later. Okay. No. So three months, which means that so the platform is going to grow in the future. We have the, uh, we're going to provide the opportunity for persons to, uh, to find the right courses for them. Okay. So it's like kind of partnerships with online uh, courses programs like Coursera or other stuff where uh, we say, okay, so you failed this and basically failed that particular sector. And then we, we advise you to take these kind of courses uh, before you come and take it back. But the, the platform is not only for finding, uh, let's say the skilled candidates for the right position. It is also, so now we are working with one of the companies where they want to they, want, they don't want their people to come and register on Skillon because they're they their employees. But they, because of COVID-19, they want to see where they sit at the digital level. So they want to test the digital skills of their people. And this platform is not only for IT, but basically we're starting with IT. So any digital skill, any skill that I can test, it could be even English, the mm -hmm. English language or the German language or any language. So as long as I can give you a list of questions, then you can test it. The difference between this and IT is that in IT, you also provide a coding, yeah. a coding sector where you really have to code online. So you have to write read code and compile it uh, there. Okay. And um, so um, who, who, who is uh, your, your target um, audience? Um, so you have the, the people that are looking for a job on one side and uh, and, and want to uh, uh, you know, check on their, on their skills, validate them. Um, are you um, uh, selling your, your product to, uh, or providing your product to recruiters uh, and companies directly or only companies? No, so we are working, for example, one of the first, one of the first uh, to work with us was ADEM. Oh yeah, the, so the, the, for the people that are listening. So ADEM, ADEM. Yeah, an employment agency in Luxembourg. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so they were one of the first adopters. So we were working with them since late uh, Q3. So let's say October, October, November. Uh, so Q4, uh, 2019. And so we worked with them in different areas. So for the employee, for the uh, people that are looking for uh, a job, uh, they. Adam sends them to take trainings and then we validate uh, if they really understood anything on the training. This is one of the things. In other areas also, uh, some companies are rejecting some of the candidates saying that they're not good and Adam would like to know if they're really good or not. So they send them over, they we give them tests. So you see that the possibility of using uh, this. So we are targeting several audiences. We are targeting Startups, for example, for, for whom they cannot really spend a big budget also to, to find people quickly and from anywhere in the world. We are targeting big companies where it is also important for them to hire a large number of people and they will not find them all within, even in the Grand Region. They sometimes need to go maybe to Ukraine or to India or, or, or other places. Uh, we are also targeting, uh, for example, training companies that provide training 
but they only give you a paper of attendance. So they can also use our platform. And last but not least, <coughs> sorry. So we are also targeting uh, a new group, which I will, uh, I will keep it for secret now, but we are going to, to mention it very soon. It's, it's, a, it's a good idea and really re revolutionary. Uh, so, uh, but just, you know, giving you the teaser now. Saying yeah, okay. <laughs> so I will, follow, I, I will follow up then. Um, come good. In. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, uh, yes, just uh, that's it. Well, yeah, I, I so so re really interesting to uh, to see yeah, a new a new uh, concept uh, coming on the market in terms of uh, yeah matching and validating the the, the quality uh, quality of the candidate. Uh, coming back to um, uh, your journey as an entrepreneur, um, can you? So you you've been entrepreneur when you. Uh, at your, the early stage, and uh, then uh, you worked for a big corporation, and now back as an entrepreneur. Um, can you tell us wh what are the things that you did not expect when uh, you started as an entrepreneur? Uh, things that you know you didn't think of, or, and that maybe you you, uh, you were able to um, uh, to use afterwards the mistakes you did uh, when you started again. Oh. There were quite a few things that, let's say, I didn't expect. Some of them were um, more positive than others. Let me maybe give you one positive and, less, and one less positive thing that I didn't expect. So let's start with the less positive. So I never thought it would be an easy path, of course, but I didn't expect that some companies, I'll say it very direct, uh, are bound to working only with other big companies and not willing to let's say take the risk with an experienced person instead so i was a one-man company so even if it was people who already knew me and they were from my network so for an entrepreneur uh, in a small country like luxembourg where i mean you don't have like uh, fifty thousand big companies or whatever and this is this was basically my target audience uh, it was quite a tough start, but finally it was worth it. So today I cannot say it's still the case, yeah, I, but I that totally was not agree. something that I was expecting. Yeah, I totally agree with you because um, uh, it's, it, it, it was the same for me. Uh, having worked for a big uh, company in Luxembourg, knowing a lot of people, when I started as, as an entrepreneur, I really didn't expect that it would be tough you know, to um, make connections with uh, uh, corporate accounts in Luxembourg, despite the fact that, you know, I was quite well known. Uh, but of course, I was small compared to, you know, my, competition, my competitors. And it was difficult to, um, you know, um, show that I had the expertise. And, and basically, people had to wait, like, uh, uh, they wanted to have a kind of a, a, a background uh, experience of the company. Uh, to see how you know how how we would survive maybe the first two years uh, in order to uh, make sure that they wouldn't make a mistake using a small company. Yeah, there there's the, 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 there are things like that. So my 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 uh, criticism towards that is uh, is not in a in a negative way, but it was affecting me. Let's say not in a rather positive way because that is you might find say you might expect difficulties in a project that you're running uh, or uh, in, in maybe 
convincing a certain client, but you wouldn't expect this on top of that at the beginning. But uh, so it takes time that people say, okay, he's been here. He didn't shut down. <laughs> so he must, and then you have to start having references. And so it, it becomes a little bit better. Now, if I have to give you a more positive thing is that since I became an entrepreneur, the, the, the most positive thing is the liberty to rule my life as I want, whether it be work, social, and family. And this is simply priceless, really. Totally yeah. priceless. I totally agree. I, I discovered it very late uh, compared to you, but uh, I must say that it's, uh, like you said, it's priceless. Um, and it's, uh, despite, you know, the difficulties, that's a big advantage uh, um, in my new life. Yeah, well, <laughs> indeed. So the, it's going to be hard to, to, to go back to, uh, uh, to uh, although I, it might happen in five years from now, or it might never happen to go back as, a, as, a, as an employee, but definitely it's something that, uh, that is worth a lot and that one, one needs to t take into consideration. When, when you want to change something, is are you ready to give up this liberty? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you talked about uh, you know some some challenges and advantages. Um, any big failure in uh, in your journey as an entrepreneur that um, uh, you overcame or, or didn't? Uh, uh, can you you tell us about a little about that? Uh, do you do we have? Love time. <laughs> Just kidding. So, uh, well, I had lots of challenges in my life, but if I had to choose one, um, I'd say that my biggest challenge was to start my career again at the age of 30. So, as I said earlier, I started my career as an entrepreneur, right? And I was, but at that time, I was more involved in sales and business development. Uh, then in software development. So after several years, I was at the point where things were starting to go in the wrong direction. So I had to take a hard decision, sell everything before I had nothing left to sell and start from zero again. And that was tough, you know, after having worked several times and, you know, having your clients and stuff like that and people get to know you to just say, I close everything. It was really tough, very tough. One day I just decided and said, that's it. And I sold everything to the first comer. <laughs> and after that, if you want to know what I did, um, well, I, start, I started first by saying, okay, I didn't do much of software engineering, software development, so maybe I should focus on this. And this is what I was targeting also in my, in my, when, I, when I studied. So I started by leading my my old courses first, then I registered to take a Master of Science, but in the meantime, while I was selling and everything, I started, I took all the, the books. I didn't go to class. I studied on my own the first year, and then, the, then, then I succeeded. The second year, I went and I worked on my thesis and all the rest, and I graduated with great honors. So uh, I didn't even look for my first job. So my first job as an, as an employee, I didn't look for a job. Uh, uh, somebody had noticed me and talked to someone else and you know and then they came to the university and then uh, let's say headhunted me and uh, that was the start of my uh, second career let's say 
that's great. And uh, so I, I, from what I hear, what, what has been important as well is um, uh, ongoing learning, keep learning, uh, keep uh, taking courses. Um, I, I've seen that you've, you've, you've taken, you've graduated from, you know, several, uh, uh, for, on several topics. Um, and um, I suppose that in, in your industry, it's important to be up to date with the latest information, technology and so on. So indeed, you know, and, and I always did, let's say, what I thought I should do at the right moment. So let's say, I, I didn't, for example, take, uh, when I finished, I didn't take an, a Master of Science or an MBA directly after I finished. And uh, I just wanted to work because I had this passion, this curiosity, and I just wanted to be there. And I took my MBA um, in 2000, between 2005 and 2007 when my, my two kids were born at the same time. So, <laughs> and I was working uh, at the same time. But when I took it, I already had the experience. So everything that I was, let's say, hearing, and, and, and uh, I, I had already experienced a lot of it. I understood how important it was. And it was at a level in my career where I wanted to move forward uh, into management. So it helped me a lot. Now, when I left my last employer two years ago, I already had been working for a few years in digital transformation. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and when I talked about digital transformation, I, I don't talk about digitization, meaning going from paper to, to digital. I'm, I'm more talking about, you know, creating something that can have an impact on the business, really a big impact, not just digitalization. So um, I wanted to, to, take, uh, to make sure that whatever I have learned, that I validated somehow. And that's why I took my last course at MIT, because it was important for me to see, okay, can I do it? And so it was, the funny thing there is my kids. So my kids seeing their dad studying, <laughs> just taking late and, and studying several hours at the same time I was working. And so and they used to come and you know, do like this. And my kids are 13 and 14. And it's important, uh, especially nowadays that, um, uh, everything is changing so fast that uh, uh, in order to keep with the pace, you need to, you know, to read, to take courses, to uh, uh, learn from other people, because otherwise you uh, very soon you'll, you will be, up, uh, uh, you know, not up to date to the reality of the market. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you really, and you know, it's also kind of important uh, when you go forward in your life and when you are about a certain age, 50, over 50, <laughs> let's say, so, then it's important to, to, to show to everybody that you're still up to date, right? And that you still have that energy. Uh, and and, and uh, so that's, that shouldn't be a showstopper because you are at a certain age that you stopped learning, right? And one of the things also that we are trying to do in, in Skillon is encourage diversity. So in fact, the, the next version that will be published in the next two weeks uh, will be managing this in a better way. A lot of people are talking about diversity, but maybe they're not doing much about it. And what we're doing is that if you're a recruiter and looking for a, for a candidate, you shouldn't care about the color of their skin, about their gender, about their age. All you should care about is they have the skills or not. Yeah. If it's a person having 50 years old or uh, 35, if they have what it takes 
then this is what you should do. And then this is why we kind of hide the private data for the recruiter. Then when they say we want somebody with, uh, with the skills A, B, C, and then they use our search engine and they find maybe let's say 20, 30 persons with those skills A, B, C. Uh, when they select them, and our business model works on, uh, on, the, on buying credits. So you have to unhide the data, uh, yeah. but you have to buy credits to unhide the data. And only then that you discover that this person is maybe 50 years old, but you saw very well that he had 17 or 18 or 20 on his assessment. So he's really very skilled. Yeah. Of course, the recruiter can still decide to take somebody else younger or somebody of a different gender. But we are, we are supporting diversity by first, when your first selection is not based on your gender or age or, or anything else. Or yeah, which, which is very important. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah, great. Um, so you, you, you started as an entrepreneur uh, quite young and then you started again uh, older. Uh, is there a big difference between the, the, the young entrepreneur and the older one uh, in terms of, uh, of course, you have more experience, but is anything different? I learned patience. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say that, um, you know, in my first early years, I, I, I started many things. I, I was like, let's say, uh, <laughs> okay, not Steve Jobs, but uh, kind of a visionary. So I, I, I wanted to start things, uh, but I never had the patience to... To, to let's say to know that these things will take time, yeah. will take time. That there is something which well, anything new comes with uh, something that's called change management, right? And change management always starts by I don't want that, and then it says maybe it's not that bad. And okay, some people are liking it. And then okay, if someone wants it just because the other one has it, and then it becomes uh, something uh, like like for example, just to give you one example. Uh, you know all those websites now where we go and we look for a car and we yeah. see online and we compare. Okay, so late 1990s, I had already created one where there was absolutely no other website like this and I kept it for one and a half year, but it was not moving. It was not really, uh, you know, working uh, as it should. It was not bringing any money. I had like three comp 300 companies there, but uh, I was not getting any money. And I didn't want any money at the beginning, but I just wanted more and more cars from, uh, from, from more parties, but it was not really, and at the end I said, okay, I let it go. And two years later, they started, you know, other websites selling, uh, you know, cars like Autoscoot and Cap and stuff like that. I think that so also, yeah, I think also the thing is that sometimes uh, a, pro a new product uh, or a new service uh, arrives on the market too early and that people are not ready for it. Uh, it happened a lot of the time. So maybe, your, yeah, the thing is that your product was great and it worked very well for others afterwards, but maybe you were, you know, it was uh, too early uh, because people were not ready for it. Yes, but the difference, let's say, also now is that... Um... I know this fact that it can be, and in the same way when we, when we developed Skillon, when I had the idea of Skillon and after uh, my partner Charlotte uh, joined me, 
in that. So we are the, the co-founders, me and Charlotte. Uh, we know that we are redefining somehow the sourcing and hiring process. Yeah. So uh, we know that this might take some time to change, but we know where the world is going. We did a lot of statistics, we did a lot of work, we have the experience, and we're quite excited about what we're doing since 15 months, and the excitement didn't stop, and it's getting, and the team is getting bigger also. So we started with two, and now we are six, and next, next month, seven. Oh, great. So that's a good start. And um, so, um, are, are you? Uh, so the company is based in Luxembourg, I, I suppose. Yes. And uh, and the team, you are you are spread out uh, in Luxembourg and and maybe uh, in, in I think you told me in uh, in India for for the Yes. So we have we have uh, in India and now recently also from Lebanon, which is my country of origin. So there are lots of talented people. It's a good, it's a good thing now to market Lebanon. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so we had one additional person who's working on revamping our homepage because uh, although we created a very nice uh, process and platform behind it, uh, technically working perfectly, we do believe from uh, the, all the feedback that we got that we have to revamp the, the homepage and it's fine. One, one has to accept uh, because when you're much in it, you don't sometimes see uh, the small details, but others see them. And then uh, exactly. we took into consideration. And now we're working with, uh, with the new version, which is very lovely. Great. Yeah, looking forward to see it. Um, well, um, maybe lastly, um, well, not lastly, but uh, do you have, on the more personal uh, side, uh, do you have any passion of yours that uh, you, could, you could share with us, that uh, something that is not linked to, uh, to work? What are you doing outside of work? Or, or maybe are you only working? <laughs> well, recently mostly working, but let's say, um, of course, it's not gardening, <laughs> although I do it. <laughs> But uh, it's basically music. So when I was uh, younger, much younger, um, I used to be a DJ in oh. an FM radio and also in a club. So I used to, to play pop, dance, techno, house music. So um, yeah, I did it like for several years. So I was more, let's say, semi-professional in that. So, but I don't talk a lot about it. I still have my mixer at home, but in the past it was with vinyls, now it's on my laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so maybe when, when we get in, into a full lockdown, lockdown uh, sorry, uh, get, get out of the lockdown, uh, maybe we can, uh, you know, sometime have a gathering with a DJ, which uh, will be you behind, uh, you know, organizing the music. <laughs> yeah, featuring DJ Elias. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe, you know, a, a big launching party for Skellum, DJ Elias. <laughs> well, um, lastly, um, what are the, the maybe two, three or maybe more best tips uh, or advice that uh, you could give uh, our listeners wanting to uh, launch their own business to, uh, to you know, start as entrepreneurs? Uh, um, well, that's that's <laughs> that's a tough one. I can give lots of examples, but let's say I'll give my own uh, my own advice is more more personal. You know, my first tip is 
Um, I always say, uh, and I go by that, uh, life is what you make it. So in other words, if you want something, it's for you to go and get it. It will not be easy and not everyone has the courage to take that extra mile. I mean, especially if you think about entrepreneurship, how many people think about it, but how many actually take the step? Because it's a big step. When you're an employee, it's a good thing. And I mean, it's, I'm not saying that being an employee is not, is, is, is not what you should do. And I've been an employee for 18 years of my life and I enjoyed it. And this is what helped me be what I am today. But I mean, that's a big step. So I think it depends how badly you want it to, to do it. So that's, that's the first one. Second one would be um, a tip maybe that I learned from my first boss. Uh, my first boss who said, you know, at the time I was software engineer, so I was coding or sometimes trying to find a, a bug. And he used to say, Elias, if it takes you more than 15 minutes to find the reason for the bug or the defect, it means you're not looking in the right direction. Well, he was exaggerating 15 minutes is maybe a little bit short, but I, I got the intent behind that. And I, I apply this also to my business development. If you're trying to develop your business in one way and it's not working since several months, uh, you don't necessarily need to give up, but open several different options in parallel. Don't just say, uh, okay, I will keep and keep and maybe, maybe so question yourself about mm -hmm. it. And the last tip that I can say, that I can give is, it might seem as a cliche, <laughs> but if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then move on. I mean, it doesn't make sense to take the road of an entrepreneur to do things that you don't like. I, yeah, I totally agree. If you don't like, I mean, I've, I've heard it from a lot of people. Uh, and uh, you're right. If you don't like what you're doing, it's going to be very difficult to be an entrepreneur because you need energy, you need passion. And if you don't like what you're doing, it's not possible. Totally yeah. right. Mm. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, yeah um well we are we are uh, getting to the end uh, of the podcast so um if your all listeners want to connect with you um what is or maybe you know candidates that are interested by uh, the new platform skeleton uh, what is the best way uh, to do that um and i will put the information in the the, the notes of the podcast well i am i mean i'm available uh, uh on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think this is one of the, the best ways to find me. Uh, you can also, of course, contact me by, uh, by mail. And so you have my email address too. I yeah. think that uh, either info at elias.eu or if it's about something else or whatever over LinkedIn, uh, I'm reachable and I connected all the time there. So, okay, great. Okay, and any, any questions regarding scale on? or the uh, is uh, people are, uh, are, are welcome in what I actually am doing, for example, just to give an example of, okay, okay, you talk about digital, digital. So what are you actually doing? So my current client is in the pharma business, uh, but, I, but all my previous clients in the past one and a half year, let's say we're more in the finance uh, in Luxembourg. So, and this one is in Brussels. Uh, in the pharma business, so I ex expanded out of uh, Luxembourg, and I'm running two projects. I'm running an uh, 
the creation of an AI academy, artificial intelligence academy within that, uh, that company of 9,000 people. And uh, in parallel, I'm running um, uh, a project which is related into uh, using data analytics to create, to forecast the, the budget. So they have a budget of 6 billion uh, euros, billion, not million. <laughs> and so we are creating, a, we are creating a, a solution which is going to, to create it with a click of a button every year instead of spending months to create the budget and spend uh, about a million to do the budget. Great. So yeah, Great. it's a very, very interesting project. So yeah, yeah so I, I suppose that you are very busy with all your projects. So uh, that's that that's cool. And uh, and uh, as you said before, you must be enjoying it to uh, keep doing it. That's what keeps me running. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I suppose it's the same for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the same for me. Okay. Um, Thanks a lot, Elias, for joining the podcast. Um, I, I really enjoy your discussion and um, talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Thank you, Stefan. And I think that we will be cooperating also together in the context of Skillon because what you are providing as a service is a great service that will also support us in bringing candidates from outside the country into Luxembourg. We never know and uh, we'll be, we will be happy to assist. Thanks Thank a you. Lot. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.